Wonderful. Are we ready for the Word of God? Good. Well, I'm excited. And uh, why don't we just welcome Pastor Andy as he comes to open up the Word of God. Good morning, church. How are you doing? Good morning. Oh, I tell you what, I feel a bit like this morning, I feel like Tom Cruise. Because I know, did you notice I said I feel like him, I don't look like him? <laughs> because I spoke a few weeks ago, and, and it was a, everyone says it was a great word. Andrew this morning put the pressure on me and said, don't feel about speaking this morning because, you know, we're excited about what you've got to do. And I feel like Tom Cruise now is just, you remember watching Maverick, is it going to be as good as the first one? And actually it was. So I'm really feeling the pressure now. But you know, this week, you know when God lays something on your heart and it permeates and it permeates and it permeates, that has been me this week. That has been me this week. And the verse I'm going to start with is Ephesians 3.20. God can do anything you know, far more than you can ever imagine, or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not pushing you. He does it not by pushing you around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. This week, the words of dare to dream big have just been around in, in my conversation, in my thoughts. And, and this week, I've been fortunate that actually, I spent a Tuesday, I was here. It was my first day back of the new year. And Steve said when we spoke before, he said, I need to sit with you and I need to share vision for 2024. And I've got to be honest... We didn't get any time on Tuesday. It was just one of those days where it just didn't happen. And, and the time that we actually had together were when we were driving for a meeting. And we had a, a five, ten minute window in the car. And I think because it was such a short time, he felt that he just needed to go <laughs> to me. And what he unloaded in me, if I'm honest, scared me. He just has an incredible vision and a passion for this church and for this city. And if ever there's a man in season, right in the right time, at the right place, it's right now. I'm excited to be just playing a small part in what's going to happen. That was Tuesday. Tuesday night, I go home. And you know what it's like. You sit and you flick through Facebook. And if we can cue up that media clip that I've got ready, this is going to cause some stress now, isn't it, eh? <laughs> oh, no, I've said media again. But actually, what I want to share is I was flicking through media, and all of a sudden, Chris Bowater, who I've known for many years, who I used to be in the church in Lincoln, and some of you might not even know where Lincoln is. Lincoln is if you go around the coast from here, all the way around to the coast, if you reach Skegness and come in 40 miles, you'll find Lincoln. 
But actually, I had the privilege of sitting under the, the ministry of a guy called John Shelbourne for 12 years of my life. And this is one of those things that, as this media was playing, it recalled an incredible memory to me. And the clip that I'm going to show you, it, it really set the tone of where we're at. And hopefully, the media is going to work. What you have a dream. God just have a vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish. That doesn't mean if we don't tell souls, souls go to hell. It's deeper than that. Where in manner, where in fellowship has no vision, it dies. No, John Shelbourne, on his actual gravestone, it says, Lord, a make me a dreamer for your kingdom. I remember John preaching that message. I remember as a 12-year-old boy, having sat under the ministry of John Shelbourne, who was a missionary, who'd been to Congo, who told his stories, who inspired me. I remember as a 12-year-old boy, stepping out, pushing past my parents and going forward. And it's funny how you forget things, isn't it? You forget significant times of your life, and then they're reminded to you. I remember John Shelbourne leading forward, and he had big hands. And he put his hands on my head and he prayed over me. Lord, make him a dreamer for your kingdom. Make him a dreamer for your kingdom. It's 40 odd years ago. I'd forgotten that. That clip reminded me of a significant tipping point and something that was prayed over me. On the Wednesday... I had a couple of days away with a, with a good friend of mine, a guy called Mark Ritchie, not the, com not the comedian Mark Ritchie, but a guy that we used to work with in the Philippines. We're great mates. We've been planning to get away for the last 13 years to have a couple of times away since he's been back. And we sat, and Mark is very different to me. I'm the good looking one out, the pair of us, and, and, and you can work the rest out. But actually what he does, Mark will talk to anybody and everybody. And Hannah will tell you, that I am not that type of person. We are sat in the hot tub, and we've had a swim, and, and, and we're sat there, and, and it was crowded. And all of a sudden, Mark starts talking to the guys in the hot tub. I'm thinking, shut up. <laughs> and he, he comes out with this, he's talking to them, and we're asking him, and they said, so what do you do? And he says, oh, we're both pastors. And we pastor churches, and, and this guy by the side of him, he starts talking to me. And he starts to moan about the 20 mile an hour speed limit in Wales, which is a bit of a hit and miss thing. We talk about rugby, we talk about football. And I'm thinking, I don't want to talk to you, I just want to sit here. And he just continued to talk. So I thought, well, I need to be polite. And so what is it you do? And he said to me, he said, I'm a life coach. And he said, I work with groups and with children. And, and he said, what I've really noticed, and he, he went through everything that he does, which was great. Really interesting guy, as it happens. And then, actually, he said this. He said, what I've noticed, is, and this is his exact words, we need, to have driven, we need to have dreams and visions in our life, or we die and we lack direction. Wow. What are the odds of me sitting in a hot tub next to the guy, and at that point, all I can hear is John Shelbourne saying, without vision. 
people perish. We need to have a dream. We need to have a vision. God has given us the ability to have dreams and to have visions. You know, I can use this illustration because I checked it with her this morning but when we were driving here. And actually, as kids, do you remember as children, you would play for hours pretend. You would play for hours dreaming. Hannah would spend hours setting up the conservatory. She called it setting up. I call it making a mess. She would spend hours setting up. I would spend hours cleaning up. And that's continued for the last 20 odd years. But you know, as young people, we are full of dreams and visions. Albert Einstein, Albert Einstein said this, imagination is more important than knowledge. Our dreams have allowed us to make every major advancement in history. Nothing ever great has happened until someone starts to dream. Wow. I'm going to read that again. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Our dreams have allowed us to make every major advancement in history. Nothing great has ever happened until someone starts to dream. We need to have dreams and visions for this city. We need to have dreams and visions for this county. We need to have dreams and visions for this church. If we don't have a vision, if we don't have a dream, we will die. We have to take steps to move forward. If we want to be healthy, we have to have a dream to live for. We have to have a dream to focus for. As I processed all of this, there's multiple levels of dreams. How big are your dreams? Steve's dreams are huge. To me, when we sat, I'm thinking, I'm the realistic. How is that going to happen? How is that even going to happen? And he turned around to me and he looked at me and I questioned it. And he turned around to me and he just looked at me and he said, but God. And he said, you wait, in X amount of years, we'll be doing this. And he said, I'm just going to turn around to you, and I'm going to look at you, and I'm going to go, told you so. (laughs) And you know what? I look forward to that moment. My thinking has changed this week as I've studied this, as I've read this, because actually what God can do is impossible. We sometimes limit ourselves with our thinking, with our mindset, but God. We have to protect the dreams that God gives us. We have to start taking steps in order to make them actually come into fruition. If we don't start to take those steps, we become complacent and the dreams start to shrink back. Our circumstances can wear us down and we start to pull back from our dreams because we become comfortable. I started to realize... I'm 20 years into doing WOW and, and six weeks into doing this job. But actually, in order to be a leader, I need to be a dreamer. In order to be a leader, I need to be a dreamer. I have to set the bar. I have to follow what God is calling me to do. 
And yes, it's out of my comfort zone sometimes. And yes, I'd rather go, actually, I can get away. We're not doing that. But actually, I don't want to miss it, what God is putting forward. We have to step out in faith. We have to be faith-filled. We have to live a life of faith. And when we do, that pleases God. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, So if you see, it is impossible to please God without faith. So you see, it is impossible to please God without faith. Faith is when we see the invisible. It's dreaming the dream. We have to keep stepping forward. It's going to take some big dreams and faith for you to reach the next step of your journey. It's going to take some big dreams and some faith for this church to reach the next step of its journey. Come on. We're a faith-filled church. We've sang it this morning. We need to activate that faith. We need to step out. We need to follow the dreams that God's given us as a church and individually. But I don't know about you, have you ever noticed, sometimes when you become faith-filled, I feel a little bit like a whack-a-mole at the, at the pier. Have you ever seen those games? When you stick your head above the parapet and somebody, Hannah loves them. And actually she's quite quick, she's got quite quick reactions. I think as I've got older and, and, and fatter, that my reactions have slowed down. But actually sometimes when you stick your head above the parapet and you step out in faith, that mallet comes down on your head. And you duck and you go to the next one. Don't be afraid of the pushback. The pushback is when you've got to push through. I've written down four types of dreamers, and I've called it not the Dam Busters. For those of you who remember the Dam Busters, great film, great example. It took a man to dream that, for that to happen. And actually this morning, I'm going to give you the Dream Busters. Sometimes we allow people to come into our life, frenemies, there you go, there's a new word for you to write down in your dictionary, frenemies, sometimes people can discourage us because they don't get our dream, in Mark 6, 1 to 6, Jesus looked and he said, sorry, in Mark 6, people looked at Jesus and said, isn't he just a carpenter's son? Isn't he just the carpenter's son? People's mindset, people's expectation, because they'd grown with him, because they'd done life with him, was set in a way that was, was narrow-minded, that didn't allow for the dreams and the visions that God had ordained. Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of the sinners, or sit in the seat of the mockers. Instead, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Its leaves do not wither. Whatever he does prospers. The first thing to live in a prosperous life is not, don't hang out with negative people. Don't walk with the wicked. Stand, don't stand with the sinners or sit with the mockers. We need to put people around us that will rise us. Notice the progression in those verses. 
First you walk with them. Then you stand with them. And eventually you've listened to them enough and you end up sitting with them. Because they have an influence over your life. We need people around, as I said it at the end of a message last time, we need people around us that will stretch us. We need people that will challenge us. We need people that will encourage us. We need iron sharpens iron. We need to have a balance of people. You don't want, sorry about this, Steve. You don't want people that are just going to say yes. You need people that are going to challenge you. You would need people that are going to ask you the question, that are going to say, have you thought about that? How's that going to work? We need positive, inspired God attitudes. We need to perform at the same level as those that are closest to us. Who we do life with, and I used that illustration last time, swimming with, shark, with dolphins, not with sharks. That's Hannah, she's just said. But actually, it is so true. The second thing is, is dream robbers can actually, or dream busters, sorry, it can be fatigue. When we get tired, we start to lose our vision. You start to settle for second best and letting the details slide. Many people just want to sit there and throw a pity party. You get satisfied and you get complacent. And actually, that's a dangerous place to be. Don't give up. Do not give up. Just take some rest. Take some time. Don't let the fatigue destroy your dream. The other thing that I identified was failure. Nobody, nobody likes to fail. I am the worst in the world. I hate doing something and not being able to do it. Hannah will tell you, it, it, it drives me mad when I can't do something. If I can't do it, I'll keep going until I can do it. I just have to, I, there's something within me that hates to fail. But actually, what's really important is you're not failing. You finding another way to do it. It's discouraging to fail, but remember, you're probably not risking enough sometimes because you've become complacent with what you're doing and how you're doing it. Sometimes you need to risk a little bit more. Sometimes you need to step out of that comfort zone. Sometimes you just need to push forward a little bit more. Here's something. Don't build on your failures. Learn from them. Build on your hopes and your dreams. Fourthly, you have fear. When you failed at something, you can have the mentality that actually that's not a good idea. Is, 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 that, is that a good idea or is it all the cheese that I ate last night? <laughs> sometimes you start to question. Sometimes you start to doubt whether it is a good idea. But actually what I would say is, when you get a dream, write it down, journal it, identify any problems, try and work out the issues, try and preempt them, try and work through your fears before you step forward. Dreaming's free. It doesn't cost anything to fulfill your dreams in your life. Today's impossibilities are tomorrow's miracles. Today's impossibilities are tomorrow's miracles. William Carey was a shoemaker in England. When nobody was going around the world to preach about Jesus, William Carey felt God's call to go to Burma. Everyone said to him, you're crazy. 
He talked to one group about raising money and they said, if God wants to save the heathens, he'll do it himself. He doesn't need you, but he got on a boat and went to Southeast Asia to become one of the first modern missionaries. And here's what he said. Attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. Wow. William Carey took what God had given him, the dreams and his visions, and stepped out way beyond his comfort zone. It's not like getting on a plane, on an air-conditioned plane and going, it was boats, it was trauma, there was disease. It was not a, not a little trip to Uganda. I started to think about actually what type of people are we? What type of person am I? Again, four points. What type of dreamer are you? No dreams. Lots of people live from life, live their life from day to day with their only goal of making it through the day. They're in survival mode. In Mark chapter 10, verse 51, Jesus comes across a man at the side of the street and he asked him, what do you want? Wow, wow, there's an open-ended question. You know, in the car this morning as we're driving down, Hannah said to me, if you won the lottery and you had a, a pot of money, what would you do with it? And you, you, you asked that question, well, what would I do? Well, I, I'd obviously buy a new car and I'd, I'd um, oh, what would, what would, yeah, but obviously buy my daughter something. <laughs> you know, I would, and then I, you know, when you think, actually, and, and then I said to her, and this is, this is as we're driving, I've gone, actually what I would do is I would use the money to do some good and I'd extra, you know, and I just unloaded a whole load of stuff. And you think, actually, the dreams and the visions that we have sit with us. Whether you've got the amount of money that you need or whether you don't have enough, the dreams and the visions that we have are from God. Having no dreams is dangerous. Sometimes we just need to have a little bit of a plan. We need to have a bit of a to-do list in order to keep us motivated. I don't know about you, but I hate it when Rachel sends me shopping. Rachel, I, I, I don't know what it is. And she says, oh, can you just go in and, and pick something up? And then I, I get into the store and, and she's not necessarily messaged me the list and I end up walking around the store with no list. And what I end up doing is, is just walking around, picking up all the bits that I think I need. Picking up all the bits that I think I would like to eat. And, and then what I end up doing sometimes is I end up filling my basket with things that I don't necessarily need. And what I end up doing is weighing myself down with unnecessary baggage that isn't going to do me any good, that isn't going to do me any healthy good, because let's face it, I've not filled the basket with apples, have I? <coughs> but what we end up doing is carting this basket around the store full of weight of unnecessary stuff. When I've got the list, and Rachel's given me the list, I have a very specific remit of what I have to do. And, and I pick up what I need, and I get out of the store, and I save us money, and I'm not walking around, and I'm not wasting time. That's why we need to write things down. That's why we need to journal things. If we don't have dreams, 
if we don't journal them, if we don't write them down, it can lead to frustration. And actually, then it becomes a reaction mode, and you never accomplish the things that you think you're going to do. And actually, you become bored. We need to have a reason to get out of bed in the morning. You need to have a reason to motivate yourself to do something. Don't ever get to the point where you sit there and you go, but what if? What if I'd have done that? What if I'd have applied for that job? What if I'd have served on that team? What if I'd have done that? Don't miss an opportunity. Don't have. Don't get to the point where you've got no dreams. It can be small dreams. But actually, small dreams can be quite a dangerous thing. Because actually, we can do things on our own ability. And small dreams we can work with on our own ability. And we don't become reliant on God. I've got a good friend. Just one. And uh, his, his old, whole aim in life is he's telling me now, and I'm not going to say his name because Diane knows him. But his whole aim in life right now is, I just want to retire. And that's all he's motivated to do. That's all he's aiming to do. His vision and his dream is to retire so he can sit at home and watch TV. And I'm going, you what? I couldn't do that. That would drive me... He's, he's got to the point in his life where his dreams and his visions have gone. He just wants to retire. And actually, for me, that's a dangerous place to be. Sometimes we can stop ourselves doing something out of a fear of criticism. What will people think? Will they, what, what, what are they going to say to me? Will they support me? Will they be negative? Actually, if we have a kingdom mentality and your motivation is right, even if you're doing it, and you're doing it for the right reason, and you don't reach it, then actually you're not going to be considered failure because you're following God's calling. It might be painful. It might mean you fail. But actually what you've done is you've learned to do it differently the next time. Sometimes we can have wrong dreams. Make sure you're following the right dream. Don't waste your time on the wrong dream. Focus. Be intentional with what you're putting your time and your efforts into. Don't give a first-class effort to a second-class cause. Ooh. Don't give a first-class effort to a second-class cause. Focus your time. Where's your efforts going to make the most difference? Here's the scary bit about all of this. One day, you're going to have to stand before God. And he's going to ask you the question. He's going to hold you accountable. And he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? Oh, it's uncomfortable, isn't it? Good. I don't want to miss an opportunity. I don't want anybody in this room this morning to miss an opportunity of reaching the dreams and the visions that God has given you. When we have our dreams and visions, we need to be specific. Having a vague dream doesn't necessarily cut it. We need to be specific. We need to be intentional. Jesus was intentional and purposeful. When aged 12 years old, Jesus said, I must be about my father's business. And when he died, he said, it is finished. 
a successful life led. He knew what he had to do, and he got it done. There's God's dream. Actually, God's dream for is, is God's dream is for people to discover their vision for their life. That actually, God's dream is to see lives transformed. We've just watched a compassion video. The opportunity to change kids' lives through the power of Jesus, through the power of education. You know, God's dream is salvation and redemption. That's why he sent his only son, to provide a way for people to receive forgiveness and the sins and eternal life. Love and relationship. Throughout the Bible, God emphasizes the importance of love. Love one another. Love each other. The greatest commandment, according to Jesus, is, is love your neighbor. Actually, sometimes we, you know, I sat in that hot tub not wanting to speak to anybody. I really, really didn't want to have that conversation. But actually, even as we started to worship this morning, something within me was quickening. Something within me was saying, actually, now, today, at the start of 2024, is the time where you need to release your dreams and your visions. It's now is the time where as a church, as individuals, we need to step up. We cannot. We thank God for what he's done in 2023, but that's got us to here. We need to plan. We need to have a dream. We need to have a vision to go forward in 2024 and 2025 and 2026. Because actually what God's got for this city, what God's got for this church, is, is far beyond what we can comprehend. But it takes a dream and a vision. And actually one of the great things, and, and, and this is part of what I'm going to do as executive pastor. <laughs> and I hate this, this terminology, but I'm going to use it. Because teamwork makes the dream work. Oh, I bet you've never heard that before. Teamwork makes the dream work. And as we start 2024, part of my remit is to get, we've got incredible people in this church with God-given dreams, God-given talents, but you're not using them. You're leaving it for somebody else to do. You're thinking, actually, I'm not going to do that because somebody else will pick that up or somebody else will do that. Somebody else will show the initiative on that. My challenge to you this morning is step up in 2024. Step up and do something that God is calling you to do. Those dreams that you've had years gone by, that you think, actually, God, they're never going to happen. They're going to happen. It's in God's timing and God's planning and his purpose. What dreams do you have of ministry? What dreams do you have of reaching different people? Reaching your neighbors. Reaching the people you go to the gym with. Reaching the, the people that you go to school with. It can start as such a small dream, but it's a dream. And in order to keep pushing forward, to stop us from dying and, and, and becoming negative, we need to have a dream. My encouragement and my, my closing this morning is dare to dream big. Dare to dream big. Start to do something. Get engaged into a, into a team. Come and serve a long time. We'll have some fun. We'll have some laughs. We'll, we'll create a team where you can serve and you can go to the website and there are things on there that you can sign up to do. You might think, actually, I can't do it. Yes, you can. 
We'll help you. We'll train you. We'll coach you. Let's get Beth, somebody else who can feel the stares of everybody else as they turn around and do the media. It shouldn't just be Beth back there. Or Paula, or Graham, or, or whoever's on there. Actually, we've got a, a room this morning with, with 100 people in. But actually, do something. Step up in 2024. Dare to dream big to fulfill your God-given visions. Are you ready, church? Let me ask that question again. Are you ready? Okay, we've got two or three people. Are we ready? for what God is going to do in this 2024. I want to tell you that, what are we, two weeks into 2024? Not even two weeks. God is opening doors. I am sitting in meetings that I never thought I would be sat in. And we're two weeks into 2024. There's more to come, church. Andy told a story of my comment and I said, but God. But I also said to him, are you ready to come on the adventure, Andy? You see, you can, you can turn up at the end of an adventure and miss everything. I've seen, I've seen lots of people do that. And you miss the blessing of God because it's taking part in the adventure where you receive the blessing of God. I want to tell you, I've seen God do miracles. <laughs> and I can dream bigger because I've seen God do big already. I want us to believe bigger. I want us to dream bigger, church. What a great word from Pastor Andy this morning.